Welcome everyone to How Winners Win. I am Daniel Blue. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Kita Spears, aka Haiki. What up, winners? Winners, we uh I have the side just because I'm a little jealous. Kita just got back from Hawaii and he's looking really fly, as always, uh with the tan and whatnot. And I feel like uh this is now like episode three or four where you come back from Hawaii and it's, I'm mm-hmm. kind of over here just eyeing you like Yeah, man. and I mean it's the bronze skin, you know, it just does something to me. Yeah, <laughs> the ocean water, ocean air. Right, right. So this is something where, guys, it's all about having time freedom, right? It's all about winning in life. And uh, I know a lot of you guys want to be able to go to Hawaii when you want. And uh, Kita actually did something I'm really proud of, guys. He put his do not disturb for a week. <laughs> yeah. And guys, if you don't use do not disturb, I'm telling you, you're missing out on life. Do not disturb. If you put it on, people can't text you. They can't call you. They can, but you don't get notified. So if you need to be in the zone, you can uh, you know, really take control of your time. And uh, is yeah. that it was first, huge. That was the first about, time using it? Yeah, basically. Basically the first time with the exception of, you know, when I go and jump on the podcast. So it was great, you know, being in the moment. And that's what uh, life's all about. You got to be present. You got to live every day. Amen. Amen. I think one person that uh, has been able to get a good, good grasp on financial freedom, time freedom is a guest that I'm really excited to have on the show. Uh, he's someone that uh, is is well accomplished. And uh, I think, and we'll get more into his story, but I think he could probably retire and, and hang up his jersey in the rafters and, and just be chilling because he's been in the game winning for a long time, but he's still pouring into others and he's still creating a, a lot of impact in the marketplace. So really excited to have have uh, Peter Vexelman on the show. He's a seasoned investor. He's been a leader in the real estate industry for over 30 years. He's done over 3,600 deals. That's right, 3,600 deals. So he is not new to the game and he leads a, a team of real estate professionals who continue to close deals across the country and super excited to have Peter on the show. Welcome. Appreciate you having me here, gentlemen. Excited to be here. A little jealous. You guys are, you know, I thought I had a nice lifestyle and just got back from the lake and boom, Hawaii. Okay, I got you. (laughs) How we coming in hot, baby. Coming in hot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. So, Peter, I've had the opportunity to get to know you a little bit behind the scenes. If you don't mind just kind of sharing a little bit of insight of of who you are and and what you're about to the winners. Sure. Um, You know, Serial entrepreneur, never had a W-2 um, in my life, got out of college, wasn't even smart enough, wasn't qualified enough not to just get a job, couldn't even get an interview. I don't know if you ever met anyone like that. Nobody literally wanted to interview me. So I've always been kind of bouncing around my whole life into business ventures, um, had some decent successes before real estate, uh, owned about 15 franchises in a totally unrelated industry, merchant processing been in the industry for 22 years, you know, started out like so many of us start out in the wrong direction, in the wrong way. Uh, six months in his business, lost everything. Two months later, pretty much was living out of backseat of my car. Took me three years just to get to zero in this business after that point. Um, and, you know, 22 years later, I'm still standing. A very unusual model, as you mentioned. I partner with people across the United States. We do deals. I'm sure we'll hit that. But yeah, just loving, loving what I'm doing. You know, 
I'm loving the industry I'm in. I'm loving the results of what's taking place. I'm loving my team. You know, the one, only thing I'm scared about during times like this, my dad always told me, you know, when things are going well, be careful. <laughs> and uh, and I guess that's the only thing that I have to kind of always remind myself of. But uh, this business has been good to us. And like I said, I love doing what we do. Uh, we do a lot of traveling as a result of that. And um yeah, that's my story. I'm a real estate dude. How old are you, Peter? I'm 54. 54. So when you were living backseat of the car, how old were you? That was about 22 years ago. Wow. Wow. What were, uh, what were some of the thoughts that you had going in your head at, at that moment in your life? Well, I'll tell you the best thought I had, the best thought I had, and that's probably why I was still standing. I never blamed this business. You know, I know you guys have entrepreneurs listening to you and all this. And, you know, I really find that to be a big, big problem that a lot of one of the entrepreneurs have is, you know, it's an it's not an easy journey. It's a tough journey. And ultimately, you know, somebody's got to take the blame for the success not happening quick enough because it never does. I don't care what industry you're in, what business you're in. Success will never happen big enough. And there's those times where. Is it, what is it? Is it the business? Is it the market? Is it your knowledge? And, you know, I always took the blame. So that was the best thing that happened to me during that time is that I always took the blame. Uh, sure, I had the pity parties. I I did want to quit. I just never did. But my big saving thing there is I discovered what ultimately became my biggest uh, key to success. And it's the same key to success I still teach to people every single day. And that was really what kept me going back then, whether you're talking about it from a thought perspective or whether you're talking from a physical perspective. Um, but that's when I learned a concept of alignment, that really it is all about alignment in life. You know, so many people are taught to 100 percent focus on themselves when it comes to becoming successful. Just got to work harder, be smarter show up early, outperform, stay late. And, and, you know, those are all important things. But what they don't tell us is that we all have limitations also, right? We're only so smart. I don't care how much you study. You know, we're only so good at certain things. And so if you're always competing in that world of getting yourself better, that's uh, um, unfortunately, that's got a cap on it. And so, but if you learn to align yourself, and that's what I did back then, I aligned myself with someone extremely successful and that really began my growth to success. And, um, and those were the things that kept me going, honestly, back then, because I started seeing some measurable progress. So it wasn't monetary progress. So when I was making a ton of money, I wasn't really making anything. But I was able to measure the progress I had. And as long as mentally I was able to identify there's something positive going on, then I was going to hang around long enough for some better and better things to happen. Took three years, by the way, one an overnight success story, but uh, it took three years to get out of that whole first three years. I worked for nothing. If I would have, uh, you know, gotten a job flipping burgers, I would have made more than that than I did in the first three years as a real estate investor. But um, it was a three years that, and you know, a lot of times I was like, well, Pete, that's where you learned everything. Not re- when you're losing, you're not learning. The only thing you're learning is what not to do. You know, yeah, but that's you're definitely not learning what to do. That's why you're losing. But one thing I did learn or one thing I did become during that time is I became tough as nails. 
And that tough as nails kind of got me through, you know, the next couple decades of, uh, of my career. So it sounds like you really mastered micro wins, right? For three years, you didn't see major wins, but you saw enough progress to keep you going, right? You know, and, and that's another thing where, you know, where I see so many people fail in their journeys to success is they don't understand how to accurately evaluate their progress of success. So like an average person that wants to be, whether they want to be a real estate investor, entrepreneur, whatever they want to be, you know, most people, the reason they never make it far enough, and let's face it, most people don't, um, they don't know how to measure it correctly. You know, what does an average person do? Well, how much money am I making? How many deals have I done? You know, what do I have to show for my for my efforts? And that's a that's a very deceiving measurement. You know, if, had I measured myself that way, well, heck, living out of a car eight months after doing something, I'd say that's pretty much a failure right there. You know what I mean? Um, and so you're absolutely right. The key is to learn how to measure yourself. And measurement is made in these microcosm movements. It's made in these, you know, it's made on 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 activity. You know, it's made on, you know, increased activity. It's made on things that are not kind of the sexy things. They're not necessarily monetary things. They're small wins along the way. But but if people who want to be successful learn, and by the way, this is another reason why you have to align yourself with people that are more successful. That's what I learned back then. You know, my, my mentor back then, Barton, told me, dude, quit worrying about how much money you're making or not making. You know, worry about how many calls you make in a day, how many people you're seeing a day, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that, those little wins, the little microcosms, that's what got me through the journey of total failure, because there's no other way to describe it, total failure to finally, you know, digging myself out of that hole. So your mentor was the one who gave you that piece of advice. Were you always the type of person to seek out mentorship or did that alignment happen, you know, when you stumbled upon your mentor who got you this, this lesson? You know, it's kind of like a double-edged sword in my life. I got out of college, like I said, I wasn't smart enough to um, to even get an interview. Um, so I had to do my own thing all the time. And the thing that probably, it was good, but it hurt me. I did achieve some initial success at a fairly young age. You know, I flipped a company, a, a small vending company to a major company. Um, you know, I started a company that we were able to franchise into 15 states over a couple of years. So, you know, there were a couple other things I did that became, you know, that I became pretty good. But that was all done under my own grit, under my own uh, talent. And like I said, my only talent. Yeah, I measured, you know, there were some successes going on in my life, but my talent was in this world. And so I thought not that I thought I never thought I needed anyone. I thought, well, look at this. I'm hitting out the ballpark. I'm in my 20s. I flip a, a company to a major company. You know, I'm in my 20s and I franchise a company to 15 locations. So it's not that I didn't want to. It's I didn't know, know I had to. You know, I really didn't know that I should really seek things out because I, I was, again, judging things by my own trajectory. And it wasn't until I got in this business that kicked the crap out of me and put me in my knees and lost all because I came into this business at a fairly young age and I brought, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars with me. I thought I was, you know, thought I was rocking it out. It took me six months to lose what took me, you know, 15 years before that to make or whatever it took wow. me to make. 
Um, and, and, and so, whereas before I didn't think I needed it when I was in my darkest days, I had no other option. Matter of fact, even when I was losing everything, I didn't even know I needed it, you know? And it was then, then I was finally, when I started evaluating what really happened to me in, in this crash, it was very obvious what happened to me. I got taken advantage of by everybody, you know, real estate, you know, as you guys know, real estate has multiple parts to it. You know, it has realtors, as contractors, as money guys. And when I got started, you know, I had the word newbie on my forehead, obviously, you know, come take advantage of me. And so every single person took advantage of me. And so when I was, you know, when I lost everything and I was doing some, a lot of soul searching, I just realized I had the wrong people. I have to figure out who the right people are. And that's where my whole trajectory towards alignment began began to take shape for me. So you had some some success early on in your life with some different businesses, the franchises, and then you walked into real estate and lost your shirt with that business. Is that right? Yeah, lost okay. more in my shirt. I mean, I lost everything. <laughs> I mean, I lost my shirt, lost my money, lost my dignity, lost my friends, lost my credibility. I came in even with a little credibility based upon some other successes. You know, I just, I just was wiped clean, you know, and a lot of times that's what happens, by the way, when you're wiped clean, that's when you kind of put your hands out, yeah. not from a handout perspective, but from a perspective, okay, obviously what I've been doing here ain't working. Yeah. I was never afraid of work. Matter of fact, even those six months where I lost everything, I worked my rear end off. I was just doing the wrong thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was doing, you know, it's not a hard you work. If you do the wrong thing, you're going to be screwed. And that's what I did for six months. I did the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, you climbed the wrong, the wrong mountain. And and I can relate to that. I think a lot of the winners can relate to that. Like you might be busting your ass right now. However, if you're climbing a mountain, you got to make sure that mountain is worth climbing. Right. So I think that's, that's real, a real important lesson to, to remember. So in a span of what, 10 years, Peter, a ton of highs and then a ton of lows in, in this time frame. Am I hearing you correctly? I guess this is why to this day, I hate roller coasters. (laughs) (laughs) Flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. About three years of just really, really miserable stuff. So, so looking back, where do you think you were able to extract the best knowledge? Was it your lowest of lows, your, your losses, or was it your successes, your wins? Looking back at that experience, where would you extract the best knowledge? Sure. Well, like I said, you know, people always say, well, that's where I learned it all in my darkest hours. I don't think so. You're losing. You're not learning. You're all you're learning, learning what not to do. But again, what you're doing is you're getting other things. Like I said, for me back then, I just got really tough. I had some moments that really, 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 really got me tough. And by the way, knowledge will only get you so far. In my opinion, being tough will get you a lot further being an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? Because we as entrepreneurs always come, even even when you're kind of brussed out and even even when things are going well, you're going to come through times you're going to need to be tough. You're going to need to be tough. You could gain knowledge from people around you. You know, like right now, I don't, you know, I've done thousands and thousands of real estate deals. We're still doing a ton of deals. We're doing more, deal, more deals now than we ever have before. But now my team, my team is able to bring the knowledge to the table and execute. But the toughness, I still got to possess. The yeah. toughness, I still got to possess. You know, I still got to be the leader that leads through thick and thin. And so go back to so answer your question. Um, in my lowest points, 
I got tough. In my highest points, I got smart. That is where I got my knowledge. When I did start figuring things out, when I did understand how to become profitable, when I did understand how to make money. So when you're winning, you get smart. When you're losing, you get tough. And and so, uh, um, but unfortunately for most of us, the loss starts first. You know, very few people have this trajectory where it's all the way up. And because most of us don't know how to lose, because losing is a skill set, you know, it doesn't just, who likes losing, Right. Uh, matter of fact, in school, when you're a loser, they give you bad grades, right? They don't even reward doing bad, you know, totally screwed up environment. So the whole life you've been told losing's bad, bad grades, bad. They don't teach you to try again and hit it out of the ballpark again, you know, strike three, you're out. So no one teaches you how to lose the right way. That's why I think so many people, so few people ultimately become successful because to become successful somewhere along the line, and usually in the front end, you got to go through a whole like a lot of losses, mental, physical, financial, stress-wise. And if you don't know how to lose, you're going to get, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. And so that's the best thing I could tell you. In, the, in those initial three years, I learned how to lose. Yeah, that's a, that's a really, really good insight. And um, it reminded me of, I really wish when I started business, Peter, that someone would have said, hey, the amount of money you're going to make is going to be tied to how much pain you can tolerate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. a, cor- there's correlation. Yeah. Like how much pain can you tolerate? Financial pain. Can you tolerate? You better believe it. You better. And that's where you got to be tough. Yep. That's yep. where you got to, you know, no matter what kind of pain, physical pain, you better be tough. Financial pain, you better be tough. Um, so yeah. I, uh, I totally, totally, totally agree, you know, and maybe that's, you know, people ask me this question, you know, was it good that you sunk so low? I can't say I loved it. I can't say I enjoyed it. I can't say that like, wow, let me see if I could replicate that process again. But in the end, the characteristics I built during that time, yeah, I guess it was good. I guess in the end, I had to go through it to get to where I am today. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, just knowing a little bit more uh, about you and I want to pivot a little bit because I got to believe leadership is something that helped propel your your level of success. One thing that stuck out to me, guys, is uh, one of Peter's uh, main hitters on his team is is a gal named Julie. And she started off as one of Peter's students in 2016, right? And Peter will get more into this here in, into the show, but he teaches people how to make money in real estate. And Julie was one of those people that uh, learned from Peter back in 2016. And Julie ended up closing her first deal with Peter and then never looked back. And since then, she's profited over $5 million in flipping and wholesaling houses. And I know Julie is, I mean, I, I could be speaking incorrectly, Peter, but she's like your right hand. She's, she's a big player in your company. So talk to us about that. How cool is that? Her going from being a student to, you know, her, uh, you know, really crushing the marketplace and, and, you know, working for you, working with you. Well, the first thing I'll tell you, you guys got to have Julie on the podcast yourselves. I mean, she is like the ultimate definition of a, of a lady boss. And I can make that happen for you guys if you want. Um, but yeah, I mean, Julie started with me, uh, at the lowest point of her life too. And, uh, she was in bankruptcy. She had just lost a child. She, uh, was in the middle of, no, she just came out of a divorce. She just got laid off from a pretty prominent position. And, and it's funny when she interviewed and she interviewed with me for the most out totally bottom rung position I had back then in my real estate company. And I didn't hire her. And here's another 
you know, I always like to leave this, these podcasts with nuggets. People always say, well, how do you hire? How do you build a team? And people always expect me to say things like, well, you know, it's these interview process, it's this testing. And for me, it's never been about that. It's been for me, hiring and bringing people on has always been who, who, who the heck wants it the most. And I remember I ran an ad in Craigslist and Julie came in to interview for this position. And it was just the lowest, you know, just making some cold calls, right? Like, who can't make cold calls? Well, I didn't think Julie could. So she goes back home. She looks at the Craigslist ad and she sees I just refreshed it. She calls me up and she just blesses me out. She just cusses me out. And she's like, you're the biggest blankety blank, blank, blank. I mean, and she did it a couple of times in a row. And finally, I'm like, okay. I guess you're starting. And she came in the next morning and here it is. It was actually, uh, it was probably, it wasn't 2016. It was closer to uh, probably 2010 is when I met her. And she's since then she's made way more than that. And she's closed herself within my world, 1600 deals. Um, She's risen to ultimately run my whole investment company. And now she's one of my business partners actually. So, but that's what it's all about, you know. So the example, there's, we could spend a whole week podcast talking about Julie. But the one thing I want to leave your audience with, you know, people are like, well, how do I build a team or how do I join a team? Whoever wants it the most, that's who's getting on my team. You know, I mean, sure. You know, I've never had an interview where somebody came in and said, well, I'm pretty bad. I don't think I could do this. My skill set's below par. And this is probably not going to work, right? Everybody comes in and tells you how great they are, how awesome they are. So I always tell people, so I always challenge them. I always let them know how they can't do it. They're not going to fit in. They're not a good background. They're not this and this. Is the guy that like hell to the no, I am the right person. I am there. That's the people that join my team. And interestingly enough, using that philosophy, an average person of mine, and I'm a small business owner. I mean, what am I? A small-time investor. Average employee of mine's been with me over 10 years. So, you know, people people stay. They don't leave. I can't remember the last time anybody left here. So, but but they got here the same way. They fought for it. They wanted to be part of this, what we do. So you so. interviewed Julie and declined to work <laughs> with her essentially. And then she went back home and saw that the ad was still there. She said, I'll show you a cold call. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for reals. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's basically what it was, you what know, savage. but again, that is, that is the example I use of when people, you know, one of the top questions I get asked is how do you build this kind of teams? How do you build these kind of organizations? And, and again, people think, well, it's about this kind of a test or it's about a 20 part interview. And, and I'm sure those work. I'm not smart enough to understand how they work, but I sure as hell understand when somebody wants something. Yeah. And when somebody wants to be part of my world, that's who I'm going to give that part. Doesn't mean it's always a success story. Doesn't mean it's always going to work out, but if somebody wants to be here and they're willing to do something about it, then that's the person I want to be here. For sure. How big's your team, Peter? It's not that big. We got, I think at last count about 45 employees, 45 people. Nice. And, and you guys well, have students all over the country, right? All 50 states? Partners. Yeah, yeah, we have partners scattered literally all over the country that we work with and do real estate deals with. Yes, sir. When did you get that model? Because I don't recall, and, and Kita, you could chime in too. I don't recall, you know, someone like you that, that walks the walk, actually makes money. Makes in, other people in money said, too. Yeah, exactly. In, in, in said industry, whether it's e-com, whether it's real estate, but then also partners up with, with people. Usually it's like they sell you a $50,000 course and it's like, hey, you know, figure it out on your own and, uh, you know, 
hopefully you make some money. Whereas, you know, you're referring to your, your clients as, as partners. So can you talk to us a little bit about how you came up with, you know, that vision and, uh, you know, how it's been working, what, it, what exactly it looks like? Well, you're exactly right. Number one, no one else does this at the national level. No, there's no one else in my position who does what I do. So before I talk to you about how I came up with it, let me tell you the problem we solved with it, the biggest problem. Um, And this is why we have such incredible successes with our partners. But the reality of it is in our industry, and you don't have to be in real estate. Everybody knows this. One of those things that just doesn't get talked about. Very few people become successful in real estate. You know, you always hear all these people making money in real estate. Well, no, there's very few people making a whole heck of a shitload of money. But there's, but it, it ain't spread around. Matter of fact, on our industry, it's less than 5% success rate. No one talks about it. Everybody just kind of hides it. If you think about it, what other industry would you go in and, and, and partake in? You're going to go to a hospital that's got a less than 5% success rate, right? You're going to go to shopping at a grocery store that, you know, 95% of people die when they, you know, go eat their food. No, it is literally, you know, you're going to drop your car off at a shop where it's got, you know, 5% success rate. Every other car gets busted. Like our industry, and I hate to say it because I'm part of it, we have the worst success rate that like astronauts have a better chance of making it than than people in the real estate industry. And I hate to say it, I'm part of it, but the problem, the problem is this. It is a very unorganized industry, okay? Very unorganized, very dislocated industry. So what happens is people have to piecemeal it. You know, they, they get their education here, they get their marketing here, they get their technology to make decisions there, they get their financing or money there, they figure out the contracting piece somehow here. They get this, the realtor here and they bring it all together. What they don't know is these pieces have to find, it's like a Lego set. If you don't put it together correctly, it ain't going to work. Okay. Just within the subsets, you know, marketing, you know, which what kind of marketing are you going to do? You know, what are you going to use online, offline? If you're going to use online, what are the 7,000 companies you're going to choose for? And this is why it's like what I compare it people to why there's such a success, abysmal success rate. It's like if if us three decided to build um, a Rolls Royce, we show up in Vegas and we're like, okay, well, Vegas has got 20 junkyards. Let's build a Rolls Royce. Let's just drive around, pick out all the pieces, bring it together and build a Rolls Royce. It ain't going to work. Can't piecemeal it. That's why there's assembly belts. That's why there's systems and procedures. And our industry simply does not have that. And so when people try to piecemeal it all together, it usually falls apart. And that's why it doesn't work. Part of the reason I had this, the, the, the lack of success I did. And so what we've done at Partner Driven is we've solved that problem by bringing all of those, what I call pillars of success, all under one roof. So in our world, you get coached by us. We spend money in your city generating leads for you. We give you the technology to make all the decisions. My back office handles everything for my partners, handles contracts, handles inspections, handles closings, coordinating buyers, sellers, title agencies. I provide as much money as they want to do as many deals as they want. So my partners have to spend a dollar out of pocket on deals. Our construction outfit, which is where all the money's lost, uh, gets into these cities, helps my partners fix these deals, properties, uh, our uh, realtor outfit sells them, and then we split the profits down the middle, 50-50. And that's the partner-driven model. And again, what we solved there is we solved that big problem of total, total unorganization. We bring it all under one roof. And so the key question is, well, 
Pete, how do I know your roof is the right roof? Because I'm the only guy, as far as I know, that'll do the one thing nobody else will do. I'll back you. I'll give you the money to do this all. That's why you know you could trust myself and my team because you're going to use my money to do the deals. Last thing I'm going to do is give you wrong information or mislead you in any single way. So that's why the beautiful thing about the partner-driven model, how it came about, <clears throat> how it came about, Daniel, it, it came out of like so many things, it came out of a need. I was an investor for many years, did my own thing, had a great team around me. Um, did a ton, a ton of real estate, started expanding myself. Like we went to the Jacksonville market, set up an office there, had 17 locations across the United States, all the way to California. And then I'm just thinking like, how do I get beyond these 17 cities? Because real estate's a local business. You know, to be successful, you have to have local presence. And we came up with this crazy idea. We said, why don't we do this? Why don't we just kind of go on social media or whatever else we got and just start telling people, listen, if you have a deal anywhere in the United States and you need help, call us and we'll give you the money to do it. We'll help you do it and all this. And, and it became this kind of rallying cry. You know, be, you know, you find it like you, you, the world find it. I fund it. And, and, and it took off and it took off to such a level. Hollywood got a hold of me one day and they said, this is unbelievable. A real life guru helping real life people. They, they talked us into doing a reality show, which very quickly I realized there's nothing real about a reality show. So we nixed that. But but um, what nobody knew is that it sounded cool. But behind the scenes, when we started, I was losing a ton of money, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars because we didn't have all our systems set up. You know, we were literally just people were calling across the United States. It was just a mess. It took us about a year or two to kind of fine tune everything, get all the systems, procedures, um, um, in place, which we've done in years and years down the road. I no longer do any of my own deals. All of my deals are now done with everyday people across the United States. And, and, and this is exactly what we do. We, you know, we help them with marketing. We teach them. We give them technology. I give them money. I give them rehab help. We give them help with sales. And then they keep half and we keep half. So that's the model. That's what we solved. And that's how I swerved into it. It was a necessity for me to grow beyond my own borders of the 17 cities I was doing business in. And that's huge because I want to talk about the point of growing too fast, you know, because basically you were at, you were capped at the 17 cities. You knew what you were making. You knew that unless something gave, you weren't going to be making more money. And that's why I love the partner driven because all you did was say, well, if I can do this and help other people and create impact, I probably will make more money. But that wasn't mm. the case, actually, at first, right? You, you basically said that you, no. you, you blew up too fast, and because the systems and processes weren't in place, the success wasn't actually success. You were getting the leads, people were hitting you up, but it didn't translate to profit. What are some of the growing pains, or what are some of the things that an entrepreneur can look for to try and avoid that pitfall of, of a, a product blowing up faster than or bigger than expectations? I'll, I'll tell you an interesting statistic, you know. It just as many businesses go out of business in a growth mode as in a non-growth mode. You know, people sometimes equate going fast, growing to 100% success. Totally not true. You're just as much danger growing too quickly and too fast. And, and by the way, this is another mistake I made when I got started. Aside from the mistakes I shared with you, I started with six properties right away. 
No newbie should start with six properties as a real estate investor doing it themselves in an average rehab of $50,000 and above. You know, I should have just picked up a gun and just like, okay, let's just commit financial suicide here and now. So there is this thing about going too fast. You know, people a lot of times will ask me, well, do you believe in going all in? Uh, I, not financially, I don't. I believe in going all in time-wise, commitment-wise, you know, uh, I'm, I'm all in that-wise. But I think people that go in all in financially and put it all on the line, that's not a smart move. So, by the way, this is another problem we solve the partner driven because people step into a working system right away. It's like a conveyor belt. Um, but yeah, the, if you're an entrepreneur, whether it's real estate or anything else, you got to be smart about your moves. You got to be smart. You got to be calculated. And this is another reason why I still to this, you know, I shared it with you guys already. And I'm going to, it's all about alignment because it's all good for what for us to sit here and kind of yap back and forth and talk about it. But to a guy that's getting some stuff going out there and starting, well, what does that mean not going all in financially? I only got, you know, $20,000 and it's going to cost me $19,000 to buy this equipment to start my lawn company. You know what I mean? So it sounds good when we say it, but what does it really mean in real life? The application of a lot of these principles is a difficult part. This is why I keep on going back to the same thing. It's all about alignment. you got to align yourself. You know, it's it's it was kind of like what I did, you know, when Daniel and I hooked up a couple, you know, not that long ago. I mean, chances are I could probably figure out how to do what you guys what you do. I mean, I could probably learn and study how to pull money out of retirement accounts. I'm sure what you guys do is not rocket science. It'd be the stupidest thing for me to think about even thinking about doing that. I would rather align with somebody that's already doing it. I'd rather cut the profit margin down myself and do that. And so to this day, I mean, we just recently started a brand new strategy that we're doing with our partners in real estate. I mean, hell, I've been at this thing for, you know, decades, thousands of deals. If anybody could take on a brand new strategy, it's someone like me and my team, right? We got the team, we got the experience, we got the funding, we got, we got it. Brand new strategy, I ain't taking it on. So what did I do? I aligned myself with the top team in the country doing this strategy, brought them into our world. And so now my partners have the ability to enjoy one more partner strategy. But the whole point is I align myself. I align myself. And so I've learned that long, long time ago, you know, to, to really achieve big success in life. It ain't how good or smart you are. It's how well you can align yourself with people who are good and smart. Yeah. Question. So, and I, and I think some of the winners are probably thinking about this too. It's like, man, this this offer that that Peter has sounds freaking sweet. Like I've never, and I'm I'm thinking out loud in, in in the mind of you know a listener. I don't have a ton of experience in real estate. I know real estate's a great asset to get involved with. I know there's money to be made. I really don't know how to go about doing it. But this Peter guy sounds like he's got the ducks in a row where I can align myself with him and I can make money with him. I think a lot of people are going to be asking and thinking to themselves, Peter, is, you know, what makes you give them so much and partner with them? Like, why don't you just do, pour this into your team and do it, you know, more within your own organization versus, you know, splitting the half the profits with, you know, Joe out in New York. I'm just the nicest guy in the world. Um, that 
was a joke. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, I know. Okay, it was like, should I laugh? Is that going to look weird if I laugh? No, it's the furthest thing from the truth. Um, there's something in it for me, big time. Um, and again, it goes back to why uh, it didn't work in the beginning for us. Real estate is a local business. It really is. I don't care how good or how smart you are. Even some of the biggest players in real estate who do things across the country, what most people don't realize is they have presence in these places they do things in. So what my partners allow me to do is give me presence in these marketplaces. So they're the boots on the ground. And so it could be argued and rightfully so that we're probably bringing 80 to 90% of everything to this partnership. That's okay because the 10 or so percent the partner brings to the table is just as important. It's just, it's just critical. Mm. We need the local presence. We need the local boots on the ground to help in, in putting these deals together and making sure they go well. And that, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. And, and guys, I mean, give an example. Peter is not Berkshire Hathaway, right? You know what I mean? Like I'm, we're in Vegas. We drive around Kita mm-hmm. and we see Berkshire Hathaway. Berkshire is Warren Buffett, right? He is balling. He has enough money to put offices in local places, right? Like he has the boots on the ground. So someone like Peter is not Warren Buffett yet, which is why you have the model that you have, which is right. genius. Yeah, it's so smart. Well, I appreciate it. Again, I wish I could take credit for all of it, but we literally swerved into it. And here we are many years later, you know, doing what we're doing with it. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing, but, you know, but we're, I'll tell you guys, probably, probably the most amazing part about this model is the stories, you know, the stories of people doing some unbelievable things, you know, people being able to retire from their jobs, people buying toys like airplanes after doing deals with us, you know, Heck, we got one guy who was talking on the phone with him. He used to give blood to get by. Imagine having to like mm. give blood every whatever you're allowed to give just to get by. And here we are, you know, 17 deals, to, you know, done together with tens and tens of thousands of the profits made in every deal. So that's really what keeps me going now. You know, I think I think it was I just did another interview, but I think when you guys introduced me on this one, maybe it was the other one you know, what else would I be doing? I don't know what else I'd be doing. I mean, there's so much value. There's so much innate, you know, goodness that comes with being able to help people along the way. And again, that's not why I started it. I'm the, that's, that was not my mission, but it's really become to work with the people we work with. It's freaking amazing watching, helping people and giving them opportunity to truly level up in life and watch as they succeed. That is really cool. For sure. Yeah. It's almost funny. Cause it's like, y- you say you stumbled into it, but alignment was like the catalyst for you in the beginning. And the more we keep saying the word alignment, alignment is just really partnership, you know, and that's what partner driven's all about. It's like, it's, you swerved into it, but it seems like this was your calling from the jump, bro. You know, it, it's, it's, it's exactly right. You know, and sometimes people think it's interesting. Sometimes people think, well, the only alignment that takes place is from my partners to us. Like they need us and they do, but man, the things I've learned from my partners, the, 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 the places my partners have taken me, it's, you're, you're absolutely right. It's a two way street. And I am absolutely, I'm proud to say I'm living what I preach. I'm living what I preach in terms of alignment and connecting with people and all that, 
you know, I get fired up every time we we rock and roll with a brand new partner because I'm always thinking like, wh- what direction is this going to lead us into? Yeah. So the yeah, very um, the winners listening to this that have a business or are thinking about starting a business, as you guys can hear, aligning yourself with the right people, having partners is how you scale, right? Is is how you can just you know collapse time and do more business with more people, right? And and impact more people. So. You know, Peter, someone that I, I don't imagine that all of your partnerships have, have worked out, right? So what do you think have been some things that have really helped you identify, hey, that's a good partner for me to work with? Like the question I want to ask in, in the eyes of the winners is, you know, they're asking, man, how do I find a good partner? And then that's one. And two, you know, how do I know when it's time to part ways with this partner, right? Because, you know, some partnerships, they, they sour, they don't work out. Um, how, what, how do you view that? Man, that's a million dollar question. Um, I've had some bad partnerships, you know, aside that nothing to do with this business model. You know, there's partnerships where we just part of ways. And I think, you know, probably the vision has to be there. Um, work ethic has to be there. Uh, belief level at both ends have to be there. The goal that you're trying to achieve has got to be there. The pathway you're taking, you know, it's all of these things have to align. Um, you got to be able to get along. You know, I hear this when, you know, when I talk about this stuff, people say, well, you don't have to get along. You know, I got a great partner. I don't get along with them. I don't know. To me, I think getting along with a partner is a very, very important piece. So the vision has to align. The pathway you're on has to align. Obviously, what you get excited has to be aligned. Um, the, the mile markers that you have to agree on, you know, if one mile marker is here and one's here, it ain't going to work too well. So the mile markers have to align. Um, you have to get along because the reason I do think you have to get along with your partner, you're going to spend a ton of time with that person. So if I'm going to spend a ton of time with someone, the last thing I want to do is like feel weird if I'm calling somebody or feel uncomfortable and all that. Um, and um, so that for me, though, those are probably the major things. And when those things start coming down, because they could be up and then they could start coming down, you know, in, in um, before this 08, 07 crash in real estate, when I was doing things myself, I had a partner then too, Jeff, and um, it became very evident our things didn't align. You know, his, his vision ultimately was to be here. My vision was to be here. You know, his work ethic was here. My work ethic was here. You know, my mile markers for daily success was this, you know, his, you know what I mean? And it was very obvious, you know, when you're just, when, when you're not grooving with someone, it's like two tires and a bike. If they ain't spinning and they ain't grooving with each other, it ain't going to work. And, and, and let's face it, most of us, most of us are uh, mature enough to know whether or not whether or not a relationship you're in is aligning and whether it's a beneficial and whether it's not, you know, I, most of the partnerships that I've been, that either I've been part of, or most of the partnerships that people have told me about that didn't work out. There were so many red flags ahead of time. You know I mean? People know, people know. And um, so, you know, unwinding them could be a different story depending on how how wound up you are. But you really got to You got to be on the same page with the person you're in, and you got to have the same skill set. You know, not you don't have to have mirror image, but if you're going to be in real estate, and, and one guy's a rocket scientist at brain surgery, and you're a rocket scientist at real estate, and you want to be two successful real estate investors, I don't know how those skill sets fit together. So, some of those things, but you you got to be you got to know how to act as one. 
That's good stuff. That is powerful, powerful stuff. And you're speaking from experience and, uh, you know, you can't put a price tag on, on experience. So, so guys, if you're thinking about getting a partner, you want a partner, definitely, uh, hit rewind on that a couple of times. Cause that was, that was straight fire. Mm. Um, being able to work with you, Peter, I know there's people listening right now and, and a light bulb moment went off for, for me. And I know a lot of other people in terms of your, your alignment, right? Your, your why you want the same thing that the other person wants, right? Someone partners with you, invests with you, works with you. You guys both want the same thing ultimately and, and getting on the same page. It sounds very clear to me. So someone that wants to work with you, who's your, who's your ideal client? Someone listening right now, describe to them, you know, what, what that person looks like. Who's a good fit for, for what you're trying to accomplish. Somebody wants to level up in life. All we do is we give them a vehicle. Tell you the truth. I kind of hate doing real estate. I'm like, people think, well, he's gotta be somebody in real estate. Nah, I, I don't like the day-to-day tax of real estate. I haven't done it in years. You know what I mean? But I wanted to level up in life. And so real estate has become a vehicle for me and for people around me to, to level up. So if they want to level up financially, if they want to level up lifestyle, they want to align themselves with somebody that's been there, done that, somebody that's going to back them financially, someone's going to put their money where their mouth is, not just their mouth where their mouth is. You know, they're looking for those kind of things and they're, they're, they're coach. They got to be coachable. I don't, my team don't need to be told what to do. We know what to do. They got to be coachable. They got to be humble about success because if you're not humble about once you start achieving success, you're going to lose it all quickly and you got to be long-term player. And if you're a coachable, humble about success on a long-term player, um, that's, that, that's a starting point. That's a great starting point for us to go out there and see we can go knock it out of the park together. Good stuff. Good stuff. So I don't hear you being passionate about real estate and and I can relate to that because I'm not super passionate about self-directed retirement accounts. It fills up my purpose because we're making an impact, you know, like you, we've got amazing stories and helping people. So that's why I show up every day with a smile on my face, loving what we do, but I'm not passionate about it. And it sounds like you see the same thing with real estate maybe. So what, what is your passion, Peter? My lifestyle is my passion. It's what real estate has given me, you know, the hanging out, you know, we just had a newborn, a seven month old, we're, you know, pregnant again, you know, it's kind of my second go around. I also, I already got kids and, you know, in their early twenties and uh, man, I'm passionate about being a dad again. And I'm passionate about having the time to be a dad again. I'm passionate about that. You know, we're heading to Egypt for a couple in a couple weeks. You know, we usually travel about a week or two out of every month. That gets me fired up. Um, um, I love the fact that my business is able to run by itself. You know, that I've been able to build a team around me that I've been able to develop. So to me, money is good. I love, you know, I get fired up over that. Don't misunderstand me, the good money, but the lifestyle side of it, you know, to be able to do what I want, when I want, with who I want. I mean, I just got in, we just spent three days at at our lake house an hour from here. You know, we got a freaking amazing boat parked outside. We could jump in that boat, go to 10 restaurants within half an hour. We had a bunch of friends there for the weekend. They took off on Sunday. A lot of my friends still have jobs. We didn't have to worry, leave on a Sunday. You know what I mean? We hung out there. We just got back only because I'm leaving tomorrow for a speaking engagement. So like to me, any way you slice it, I get fired up about lifestyle things. That That's to me, it's all about that. Yeah, that that's important because I feel like we all, as entrepreneurs, we're so focusing on the business that we forget what we're doing it for. And I like that you make sure that you remember what you're doing it for every damn day. It's all about that to me. I mean, to me, that's, 
you know, we talk about it, we verbalize it. I don't know how many people actually mean it, but man, when you live it, you, you, you believe it. I promise you. Lifestyle is such a big thing. Money has to make it happen and make no mistake about it. I get fired up about the money side and I get excited about it. And I wouldn't quit doing what I'm doing for the world. But that is just that is a tool to get you ultimately to other things in life. And those other things, those are the important things. Amen. Amen. So it sounds like a lot of people could benefit from what you have going on. And guys, I definitely want you to go follow Peter, go check him out. He's got a, a really cool affiliate link for you guys to check out um, where you can become a partner. And that affiliate link is in the show notes. So check the show notes right now. There's the affiliate link for you guys to check out more about his partner program. But I know you give a lot of free information, a lot of great content. Uh, where's a good place where people can just learn more about Peter in general? My social media, you know, they can go to uh, go to my Instagram account, Instagram.com slash Peter Vexelman, Instagram.com slash Peter Vexelman. And they'll uh, they'll uh, they can follow me the day to day. They'll learn a ton. I put a lot of educational content out there. They want to connect with me beyond that or my team just click the link in my bio there and they could do that. But yeah. Social media is the best way to connect with me. Get to know me. Love it. Yeah. He's got some really high quality uh, videos on there and, and pours a lot of the, the nitty gritty. So go follow him on Instagram. We'll put the Instagram link in his bio as well. Go check out his affiliate link to learn how to become a partner so you can level up in your life. Peter, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was really, really good having you on the show. I loved how just transparent you were. I think and, and, and Keita, you could probably agree with me here. So much of social media is like, find your passion, find your purpose. And that's when you made it. And it doesn't have to be that way. No, You're, I feel like we debunked a bunch of the motivational quotes that we see on our Instagram feed today, you know, with someone who's in business, who's got decades of experience saying that like, no, you shouldn't go all in financially, go all in commitment wise, but don't set yourself up for financial suicide. But th but this crypto is going to take off though, bro. To the moon. <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> Elon's going to send another a tweet. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, Peter, again, thank you for your time. We uh, we really appreciate you pouring into our audience. And and guys, show some love to Peter back. Go give him a follow. Go check out his affiliate link. Share this episode with a friend, a family member. Give us a review. That way, we can keep bringing on some badass guests like Peter. So, Peter, again, thank you for your time, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me. I right, really well, enjoyed it. We'll see you guys next week. Catch you later. Peace.